my name is Emily Hines, and I attend Houston City Council meetings and take notes, which I am sharing with you. Today's notes are from the council meeting that took place on February 1st, 2023. First up, the mayor's report. Mayor Turner praised the James Beard Chef Action Summit that took place last weekend, organized by the Houston First Corporation. Houston received a $28.7 million Safe Streets grant from the Federal Department of Transportation for work on Bissonette between South Derry, Ashford, and Hillcroft. This is the largest single award for any entity in Texas, which Mayor Turner attributes to Houston's Vision Zero, a plan to end Houston traffic deaths and injuries by 2030. Turner thanked the Planning Department, Public Works, and many federal officials. We are now required to microchip all pets in the city of Houston. There are lots of free microchip events and offerings. You can check Bark's website for that. Mayor Turner welcomed the new Texans head coach, D'Amico Ryans, and said, Super Bowl, here we come, which got some chuckles. Turner invited everyone to stay after the meeting for a ceremony renaming the council chambers in honor of longtime city secretary Anna Russell. And finally, Mayor Turner concluded by wishing luck to A-Leaf native Toby Wigwe at the Grammys, Southwest A-Leaf, Texas, SWAT. Before we get into the agenda items for the week, I want to focus a bit on item two, which concerns membership in the Houston-Galveston Area Council, or HGAC for short. It's been a while since HGAC was on the menu. Today's item two approved $92,000 to renew our membership. HGAC is a 13-county council of government made up of elected officials, and it coordinates federal and state grant money, facilitates cooperative purchasing so we get good deals, and organizes studies and workforce trainings in the region. Councilmember Abby Kamen of District C supports our HGAC membership, but highlighted how Houston was shafted during the Harvey flood mitigation funding that HGAC was in charge of. Councilmember-at-Large Michael Kubosh asked, why are we supporting them if they're not supporting us? Mayor Turner agreed the disparity is frustrating. HGAC is able to draw significantly larger amounts of funding because of Harris County and Houston, but the funding distribution does not always reflect that. Turner still stressed the importance of maintaining local partnerships and being a good neighbor. He hopes that our continued involvement and money will elevate this conversation and turn a light on. Some discussion ensued about how HGAC term limits and board structure hamper the Harris County and Houston area from being accurately reflected, and Turner said he genuinely isn't sure how to solve that problem. Councilmember Martha Castix Tatum of District K agreed that Houston did not receive a fair share of the Harvey flood mitigation funding, but she amplified the trainings and studies that HGAC has paid for in District K. Councilmember-at-Large Sally Alcorn, who serves on HGAC and led the charge for us to get more of the Harvey funding, said we are trying hard to build relationships at HGAC. She pointed out that most of the funding HGAC gets and distributes is for workforce development, like what Castix Tatum was talking about, and that funding is allocated proportionally. Houston is the biggest player at the HGAC table, which naturally causes tension. Houston represents 60% of the HGAC area, but only makes up 20% of the board composition. Mayor Turner described our relationship with HGAC as a work in progress and that it's about building relationships. He cautioned against retreating to our separate corner and firing from there. He concluded by saying there is value in the union. This item passed, so we are still members in HGAC. Now for the rest of the agenda items. Item three approved the $1.8 million final contract, which means the work is completed, for the renovation of Herman Square downtown. 
Councilmember Robert Gallegos of District I praised this work for making the square more accessible to people with disabilities, for keeping the tree canopy, and for improving lighting. Item six approved $100,000 for the Credible Messenger program, which Councilmember Tarsha Jackson of District B has been championing. It partners youth involved in the criminal justice system with a mentor who has had similar experiences. It is proven to reduce re-arrests and generally make people's lives better. Item eight approved $14 million for an outside vendor to repair water main leaks and whew, that's a lot of money. Mayor Turner said the city averages 400 active leaks per day and they prioritize repair based on the size of the leak, which is why some have been going on for a long time. Drought and freezing weather causes underground infrastructure to shift, and we have had both. The city is planning to apply for a large federal grant to address this. Item 12 approved $6,000 for safety vests for Houston Public Works. Keep them safe. Item 18 approved the issuance of tax-exempt bonds for a private company to purchase a 324-unit affordable housing complex called Copper Tree Village in District B. There was some confusion about the tax-exemptness of these bonds, and it turns out that they are 100% tax-exempt, which means the city won't make any money from property taxes. Several council members argued that it's okay to lose that tax revenue in this case because of the greater good being done. Councilmember Mike Knox voted no, even though he thinks it's a good project because of the tax thing. This item still passed. Everyone has very high hopes for the renovation of Copper Tree Village and for its better management under the new owners. Item 19 approved $1.3 million for the SARE Jobs Workforce Training Center to buy an emergency generator and to construct a childcare room at the center. Councilmember Gallegos remarked on how challenging childcare can be and praised this item for tackling the issue. Item 20 approved a $5 million payment to the county to go towards financing a 50-unit affordable housing community for youths aging out of foster care. The total project cost is $40 million, with the county paying most of that. Item 22 approved $4.2 million for the purchase and distribution of COVID-19 rapid antigen test kits for use at public and private schools. Just a nice reminder, this pandemic is not over yet. Item 26 fixed an administrative error that led to the city underpaying for ShotSpotter, the surveillance tech that claims to be able to locate gunshots. Instead of spending $700,000, we are now spending $3.5 million. Councilmember Tiffany Thomas of District F used this opportunity to advocate for ShotSpotter on the west side, which she says her constituents want. Councilmember Kamen hopes a review of ShotSpotter's efficacy will come before the Public Safety Committee soon. This item passed. Councilmember Knox voted no. Item 39 approved a public hearing on February 22nd at 9 a.m. on the creation of a conservation district ordinance. Item 41 would have approved $396,000 for an interlocal street rehab project with Harris County in District D, which Councilmember Carolyn Evans Shabazz of District D tagged last week in order to scuttle the vote. She opposes the narrowing of Blodgett to make way for protected bike lanes and is using this small piece of the funding pie to hold things up. I attended a town hall she organized back in December on this, so hit me up if you want to know more, more about that. It was certainly very interesting, to say the least. Today, this item was referred back to the administration for the second time, and I don't know if we will see it again. There was no discussion today, although there was quite a bit of discussion yesterday during the public comment session, which I didn't watch, so I cannot comment on it. 
And finally, the Councilmember pop-offs. Councilmember Castix Tatum wished a happy Black History Month to everyone. There is an Arbor Day celebration on February 4th at 9 a.m. at Glenshire Park. Councilmember Gallegos plugged at least four events that he attended last week. He plugged a hazard mitigation meeting this Saturday, February 4th at 11 a.m. at Hartman Park. Councilmember at large David Robinson plugged the Transportation Technology and Infrastructure Committee meeting on Thursday. It will have passed by the time these notes and podcasts come out, but they are all available on HTV if you ever want to dip your toes in. I just wanted to remind you about that. Councilmember Kamen noted Black History Month. She mentioned two street reconstruction projects, the Montrose Allen Parkway Bridge and a section of West Alabama that were approved today, paid for by TERS, and she thanked those TERS for taking that load off the city's shoulders. Councilmember Ed Pollard of District J plugged a pre-Valentine's Day social on February 9th from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. at Bayland Park Community Center. Councilmember Mary Nan Huffman of District G gave early notice on a conversation on crime she's hosting on April 13th. Councilmember Carla Cisneros of District H noted another Safe Streets grant received by the East End District, and she plugged many pet events. You can visit District H website for more information on that. And that's it. That was the meeting. Of course, we got to thank all of our Patreon supporters, and we have one new one to thank, Andy Valentine. Thank you so much, Andy, my sweet friend. If you also want an incredible shout out like this, visit patreon.com slash emilytakesnotes. The lowest level is literally $1 per month. Thank you to ACLU and Houston in Action for their support and to Tecolotl for their work translating these notes into Spanish, which are available on my Instagram and on the website. We'll link them both. That's right. We have a website. I'm pretty proud of it. I hope you read it. You can make the font bigger. It's easier to read. Okay. This podcast has music by Joe Wozni. It was produced by Connor Clifton. And that's it for this week. I'm Emily. I take notes and I thank you for listening. 